Hello, and thank you for joining us once again for the Bros of Steel podcast. I am Tim, working alongside my big brother, James, and we are excited to bring you another high-flying, super episode of our show. Tonight, we're going to be talking about probably, in my opinion, the best of the, we'll call them the Christopher Reeve, Richard Donner, Superman-type movies, because this one isn't Christopher Reeve or Richard Donner, but instead, it's been passed on to a new generation. So James, why don't you give us a little intro about the movie we're going to talk about tonight? Thank you so much, Tim, for that introduction into the universe that we're going to be discussing tonight, along with the continuation of this Christopher Reeve era, as you say, even though Christopher Reeve really plays no part in it other than his persona. Tonight, we're going to be discussing Superman Returns, starring for the first time as Superman himself, Brandon Routh. Playing Lois Lane, we have Kate Bosworth, Lex Luthor, who's played by Kevin Spacey. And then, you know, a subsequent character in the movie is James Marston, as well as others. So, yeah, so Superman Returns is our topic tonight. And I'm super excited to get into this one with you, Tim. Yeah, and the reason I like this movie, because this was really, I guess, in my opinion, my first Superman movie. Like, those three and four came out when I was alive, but we were kids. It was still the 80s. And uh, this one was really a continuation of one and two. And this is directed by Brian Singer. And he does a terrific job of really that Richard Donner universe bring it into the modern light uh, as it was in 2006. Yeah, Brian Singer, he actually gained a lot of fame from, I believe, the X-Men franchise, right? The original uh, X-Men 1, 2, and I know 3 has a lot of issues, they say, but they were all superior, great movies, and that put Brian Singer's name on the map big time when it came to these comic book movies. So he was a really, I was excited when they told us that he was going to be the one to take on this project. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that the X-Men series kind of was that foray into the modern superhero movie. And Brian Singer was really the spearhead of that, that whole, that, the whole CBM film industry as we know it today, along with, you know, the original Spider-Mans and things of that nature, because really there was a little bit of a hiatus after the eighties. I know you had those Batman movies in the nineties that were just terrible, but there's a little bit of a hiatus of good superhero movies from really the Superman uh, movies from Christopher Reeve, the 1989 Batman movie. And then for a while, we didn't have much until the early 2000s. And that's really when, like you said, Brian Singer. Uh, well, we had movie. some, but it was really, really, it was bad. You know, we had I, I, a lot of people don't remember. I believe it was the early 90s when it came out. There was a Captain America movie and a Spider-Man movie that were just so terrible. You know, and while I might be forgetting some stuff, Brian You're talking Singer, about the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. No, because those were that. like that was like 2002, no. right? Yeah, but I'm not talking about before those. those. There was a before that. There was a Spider-Man movie that was just it was like a TV movie. It was made for TV, right? Made, yeah, and then there was a Captain America made for TV movie that was so bad, and a lot of people don't even realize this. I, I remember we had a place in Catskill called the video cave and they had these movies there and it was and I was like so excited to watch them and they were so bad even as a kid I thought that <laughs> so it's, it was so funny that you say that James because as we're going back I remember I was in first grade and that our parents for whatever reason had the VHS tape of that Spider-Man movie and I brought it in to show to show it in school and I remember we were like 40 minutes into it and kids in my class were like, when are we going to see Spider-Man? And I was like, I don't know. It was such a bad movie. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. And it's just like we were saying, you know, it took it took a minute for for things to really kind of shape up. And the 
you know, yes, I mean, I can't, I can't tell you off the top of my head when the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man came out, but um, that kind of one of those movies, that one, X-Men 1, which, which directed by Brian Singer, and then in 2006, Superman Returns, which is the topic of tonight's conversation. And Superman Return was just, it was just astounding in every way, in my opinion, compared to those movies with the special effects in it. So yeah, I mean, even immediately out of the gate, I love what he does with with Krypton. I guess it I guess it might be new Krypton. I'm not sure. It was never really specified when it's exploding, and Superman then is obviously hurtled uh, into Earth from there. So well, just from I, that, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to cut you off. You're absolutely right. The opening scene, but what they did that was so different in this was they showed um, the red sun Rao exploding. And what that did was that created a giant black hole. And that's how it caused the planet itself to explode. And then it pushed everything away. And that's, and, you know, we see, you know, Clark's spaceship as a part of that and with the rocks hurtling towards earth. And that was just right off the bat. That was just such a great way to get that movie started with when, when considering the special effects. And I was like, Yes, I remember the night I saw this back in 2006. I think I was just coming home from a vacation with my ex-girlfriend. I was like, we are going to see this movie. And man, I had a smile on my face right from the get-go at that point. Yeah, and and they brought back the similar graphics to one and two when the names are coming onto the screen and the Superman logo comes onto the screen. And right there, it's it's that callback to the original Superman movies. And it's just so, it gave me goosebumps again. It was, it was cool watching it and really feeling it in a modern era. Right, right. I absolutely. And you know what was really interesting? A few years back, I think you shared with me something on Facebook about the start of this movie. And it was a scene of... Clark Kent, a.k.a. Superman, in a spaceship in deep space, exploring this area where astronomers, how, you know, they get into in the movie, like why he went away for five years. But there's actually footage of him out there where Krypton exploded looking for. You don't remember this? I can see the confusion on your face. Yeah, there's 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 I got to find it and I'll, I'll share it with you guys. But yeah, there's footage of him flying in space in a spaceship out there looking for his home planet. And that was the original beginning of the movie that they wanted to start with instead of the way they started it with the, um, with the, you know, going through the planets and, and it actually would have been after that, but that's, that's how it was right. done. But, you know, all the, all the whole start of the movie uh, going through Saturn and Mars and all these planets, it was just so wicked cool. That's all I can say. Yeah. James, absolutely. The opening shooting going through the planets was was phenomenal i i i was watching that and i'm like like even 15 years later i'm i'm like loving that opening i think totally it was so, agree so well done. totally agree what did you think joe did you like that you thought that was pretty pretty good change of pace i i liked it but i'm i'm not as blown away by it as you guys are yeah well, fair enough fair i enough. and that that <laughs> honestly that might just be because like with all of the superhero comic book movies that are out now it's just like Watching it back, I'm like, yeah, no, that was cool, but it's not a Dear Diary moment for me. Well, guess what? It is for me. <laughs> <laughs> so what What I love about this movie, and similarly to this movie, I loved it in Man of Steel, but they don't go into Superman's story immediately. They, they go into Lex Luthor's story in this movie. And I think it's really cool how, how it's done because we're introduced to Lex with this old lady who is dying and on her deathbed. And Lex is obviously now he's getting everything he wants and he, he's got money now. He's he's dealt with this lady for how long? So Lex Luthor, think about this guy. He doesn't deal with anyone. 
but he had to deal with this lady for how, who knows how long. Well, listen, I, you seem to be a lot, you seem to be kind of flabbergasted by this whole thing, like in a good way. And I had a lot of issues with this and we're going to, let's explore for two minutes here. How long? Okay. Clark, uh, Clark Kent Superman was gone for five years. Okay. Later in the movie, they touch on the fact that he didn't come back for his appeals. Remember, he had a fifth appeal. So really, he could have dealt with this movie, this woman under five years. So he was, yes, he was able to connive her into doing what he was doing, unless this was something that was he had been dealing with in the past. But you got to remember, Lex Luthor had money before he went to prison. You know, he, he, he inherited a ton of money from his father. He, he ran LexCorp, okay, until he, was, until he was jailed. So he had a bunch of money until he went to jail and it must have been tied up, but it shouldn't. I mean, so this, this part, but we this, just don't know, James, we don't know if, if Lex Corp even existed in this universe. It was, you're, right, you're absolutely right. But they talked about his father in the movie and his father was always a millionaire with his company. Originally it was Luther Corp. So these are the types of things because we know that existed. So you're right. We, there's no, there's no indication as far as how much money Lex had other than in like the first one and two, you know, he had a, Park Avenue mansion under under the street. So you had to have money somewhere. And he was buying all that land up, remember? And you got to remember, this is yeah. a continuation of that story. So he right. had money originally until he went to prison, I take it. So this was kind of an interestingly weird way for him to go about getting his livelihood back. And maybe he just needed more money than he had. You know what I mean? No, I don't disagree. He probably had to have some money somewhere. Where that money was, who knows? So Lo Lois later on says to him, did you con an old lady out of her fortune or something along those lines? And that's exactly what, what he did. And that's why he's got the boat. That's why he's got the mansion. That's why he's got all of this stuff. You know now. what you just said? I just, you just answered my question though. What did he need? He needed this woman's boat is what he needed because he needed to get to the fortress after the ocean. So that was what it was. It wasn't, I mean, the money was just an afterthought really, but he needed that boat more than anything because he needed to get to the North pole again. You know, and right. he, need, he needed the means of transportation. So, you know what? But I, I think going back to that scene, though, that I enjoyed was when because I remember watching this and it scared me in theaters when he rips, rips his hair off and he says to the little girl, you get to keep that. The rest is mine. And it was it was a scare. It, it, like, in my opinion, when you have an you have a, an evildoer, a bad guy in these movies, you want to be scared by them. Yeah. Like, I remember being scared by Bane. I remember being scared by Darth Vader. You know, these, and, and Lex Luthor is just a man. So if he can immediately scare you off the bat, I think as a, just a regular man scaring you, that's, that's, that's pretty a good way of, of introducing that character. You know, you, you make an amazing point there because that, I mean, he does instill fear in you and he does that throughout the whole movie. Even when he's, he, he's yelling at, he's like, Come on, say it one more time. Say it one more time. Superman was wrong. You know, that was such a cool part. And that, and I just thinking about that, it, it really does. And it, it, it attributes to him as such an amazing actor that Kevin, Kevin Spacey is. I mean, yeah, he's done some, he's done some screwed up stuff in his life and he's not big right now. He's got a lot of all that, all the issues against him, but he is a top notch actor out there and he's pretty incredible. And just his portrayal of this, uh, this character is exactly what, in my opinion, Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor would have evolved into. And that's how well they did it. Um, that's well, he, well, how well he played the character. So, yeah, I, 
the fact that you said that because he's almost hardened now that he's had all these he had that time in prison and now he's like so hell bent on just he's owning. so mad he's so right. angry i love it and i didn't because you in your notes you, you're saying he's playing similar to the gene hackman i'm like it really wasn't and then now i'm thinking about it it was like it was the continuation of that role like who he is now versus who he was then back then he was almost it was also the time of the movie. He was almost goofy, Lex Luthor, but he was maniacal. Now he's just angry, maniacal. Yeah, so so good. And I can't think of at this point, and I'm sure there is if you really dive into it, but you can't think of a better. You can't think of a better person to do it. Plus, you got to remember, Kevin Spacey is a massive, massive Superman fan. He's up there next to like Nicolas Cage and being a huge Superman fan, and he just absolutely wanted to do this part justice when he did it. So. He wanted to be on his game, and he totally was. So yeah, and he, like you just said, like you said before, Kevin Spacey, he's a tremendous actor. You know, take the other stuff out of, out of out of this conversation. He's he's a fantastic actor, and I can't think of anything that he's done that I didn't enjoy. I mean, Absolutely. all the way from American Beauty to House of Cards. I mean, he's just done so many different roles. Absolutely, yeah, I to- I totally agree with that. But let's let's talk about a different continuation of a character. When when we arrived at the Daily Planet, okay. And he turned around for the very first time. Tell me the first thing you saw when Clark Kent turned around. What was the so, first thing you saw? You know, you you, you obviously it's it's Christopher Reeve. Like it's hundred percent. And I remember I, I saw I saw the movie in theaters right before you you did. And I and I said, James, when you see him for the first time, you're gonna you're gonna be amazed. And I remember talking to you the next day, and you were like, you couldn't believe it. I was, it, it I was, was just so... whoa, and that's that was my reaction in the theater. I was like, wow, you know. I remember saying it out loud, just wow. I know it was I, as far as the look. I I think I mean Brandon Ralph more than did it justice. He was he was Superman. He was he was that Superman. It was it was excellent. So well done. I I totally agree. He he did he he the initial way into it, and you know he gets he gets a lot of hate about this for this movie, um, and. I don't know if people know this, but he's kind of redeemed himself in today's day and age as Superman, because if you're if you're into the Arrowverse now nowadays, which is the the TV shows that include Flash, Arrow, Supergirl and now Superman and Lois, he had the opportunity to play the Kingdom Come Superman with a new suit and people praised him left and right for his portrayal of Superman now compared to back then. Um, but here's, here's my theory on, here's not my theory, but here's my, here's my take on it. There was absolutely no problem in my opinion of his portrayal of Superman in this movie, because they told him when we started, this is Christopher Reeve's Superman. You need to continue that Superman. You really can't do your own take on it. You have to be that Superman. And that is where they went wrong. They didn't allow him to own the character the way he could have. Brandon Routh is a tremendous actor, in my opinion, but he was he was very new at this point. And this derailed his career big time because everybody just gave him such crap about his his portrayal of Superman in the movie. So I think they just it, they did him wrong when when this came out, because everybody just like I've, I've said in the past when we had in our previous podcast, Everybody thinks Christopher Reeves is godly, the number one Superman of all time, but he isn't. Hate to say it. No, and I, I think the reason we we started this podcast was so people could could kind of look at that Christopher Reeve and then actually rewatch the movies and and tell us where he is 
today because he doesn't, in my opinion, and, and seemingly yours as well, he doesn't really <laughs> stand the test of time as far as where where Superman will be today as far as like, like Brandon Routh in 2006, even Tom Welling's portrayal in Smallville. And then obviously we have Henry Cavill and, and now Tyler Hecklin. Like these, the, the, the character has evolved so much from that comic book character that we had in the 70s. I, I think that's why why people love Christopher Reeve. They hold on to that idea of Superman as a comic book character versus Superman in the real world today. Right, but they're hold, they're still holding on to that 1930s comic book character as Christopher Reeve. They're not there, and they're thinking that's, that's where it should start and that's where it should end. But just like everything else, the comics evolved, then in, and in turn, the movies have to evolve and the character has to evolve. By taking this character and saying, you need to continue this character who was portraying the 1930s Superman, in the 1980s, it's just years later now, that's where they went wrong with this. And if they just gave Brandon Routh a little leeway to, to make Superman his own, yes, continue to have that in mind, but keep going with it and maybe maybe we can do something with this, I believe the world would have been his oyster at that point. But he, he, he got forced into this predicament. So, you know, when, when you pigeonhole an actor, you kind of have to deal with the consequences. And, and I think this movie had a lot of potential. But like you said, he was forced to play someone else's Superman. It wasn't his own. So one thing and I know, I know that you and I both caught this is the black Superman suit. It was made. It's, it's, it's such a big deal. And now Superman lore. We saw it. We saw it in Lois and Clark when he went to New Krypton. We saw it in, in Justice, the, the new Justice League. Zack Snyder. But the first time I remember watching this movie, I didn't catch that he was in that black Superman suit when he first came back to Earth. And I, as I'm rewatching it, every time I rewatch it, it's the one point that I always make sure to, to really delve in on because that suit is so iconic. I know it's it's rarely seen, but it's so iconic as to show that this is, this is not Superman's Earth suit. It's his Krypton suit. And it's just such a cool suit. Well, it's his Krypton suit because what it does is it absorbs the sun ray, sun's rays so much better. And if he's going to be, you got to, if he's going light years into space, he's got to be able to keep that, that energy longer. Okay. And that's what he did. You got, he went all kinds of light years into space to try to find his planet. And that's why he was wearing the suit so that he could continue to hold on to that energy because the sun is his source of power. And that's, that was the reason why they, they would have done something like this. Obviously they don't explain it. And in, in, in that was, and this is exactly how it was in the comic books. You know, when he came back to earth, he was wearing that black suit. And I remember you used to have this little Superman toy that I took from you in his black suit that you had, you wound up having to go on eBay and find again because I wouldn't give it back to you. And granted mm -hmm. we're 20 years old at this point when this has happened. <laughs> so, but in, uh, when he came back to life after his death against Doomsday, he had that suit on because that was the best way for him to regain power and catch as much of the sun's rays, the light rays as possible because it absorbed energy and fed it to his body. Right, exactly. And I love, I just love that scene. I love Martha going and, and, and finding him. Granted, again, Martha is the only person to see this meteorite or this this giant rocket ship. Where the, he landed, where the heck is NASA campus. and the FBI and everything? Is this meteorite hits Earth? I mean, you remember <laughs> what happened in Thor, right? I mean, 20 minutes oh, later, right. you had S.H.I.E.L.D. and you had all these other people there. <laughs> but no, no, not in Kansas, not in Smallville, Kansas. But you have to, didn't Martha look amazing in this? They de-aged her from the uh, Christopher Reeve 
<laughs> movies. <laughs> the ninety-year-old mom when he was eighteen years old. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, they I they did a good awesome. job. Uh, the the casting in this movie, outside of one specific character, you and I disagree on, yeah, was fantastic. Cool. And not that I disagree on the 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 actress that played that played Lois Lane, but this is the character the character that you and I disagree on. But uh, we'll get there. <laughs> well, we, we, we could we could talk about it a little bit right now. Why don't, why don't we just discuss it? What was your issue with Kate Bosworth as, as Lois Lane? I love Kate Bosworth. And I didn't know right. she had two, color, two different color eyes. Like, I, I didn't realize that before this movie. Honestly, you but... just said that. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice. So, however, with that being said, I just didn't care for her, her, her portrayal of Lois, except for one scene. I, I, I loved the one scene as she's getting ready to go to her Pulitzer dinner where she's making the calls to try to figure out where the, uh, the power outage started. And that's how she ends up finding Lex's boat. And I love that scene because it's cut after cut after cut of her calling different places until she gets the information. And that's a good, that's what a news reporter does. Absolutely. And it, it, that, that kind of shows the character. However, beyond that, what I didn't like, I felt like everything was so forced. I felt like, Everything she did, she she did not because she wanted to. I just didn't care for her acting in the movie, to be honest. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to do something for me, and I'm just gonna ask you to have an open mind for two seconds, okay? Imagine being incredibly angry and ticked off at someone for so long and holding on to that anger, okay? Imagine that, and then all of a sudden, you, the source of that anger comes into play, and you have to somehow just maintain control of yourself and imagine that imagine the anxiety and the angst and everything and all that is building up inside of you okay and this is her she's and this is her trying to maintain a, a sense of a, a level head as a reporter as she should she can't let her emotions get ahead of her and I want you to think about this because you can see, you could see the emotion in her when she was talking about Superman as he returned. You can see the anger within her. You could see the anxiety. You could see it all after the initial wow factor that we got from the airplane seat. But she went back and she didn't give a damn about Superman. She went back to that. She was like, whatever, he's back. I don't care. I need to find out what caused all this to happen that, that basically forced him to come out. You know, and I want you to reconsider your, your feelings on Kate Bosworth, because think about the end of the movie and think about all the love that she had for him in the end when all that emotion was released. And she went into that, that hospital bedroom. She whispered in his ear. Jason kissed him on the head. And think about it. That was just that was just such a remarkable, a remarkable scene. And I think that's what you missed when when it came, and I could be completely off. Maybe you caught all that, but me, that was my thinking about this actress. And Kate Bosworth is, I, I want to say she's got an Academy Award or a Golden Globe or something because she's just outstanding. I've seen the stuff she's done. She's just incredible. And I think that was her take on the role. And she was allowed not to be Margot Kidder. Thank God, because we all know how I feel about her. Well, now you, it's funny because she played in 21 with Kevin <laughs> Spacey also, not Margot Kidder, Kate Bosworth. <laughs> <laughs> However, going back to what you're saying, I, I, I didn't I, I didn't think about those points. I will say that I didn't think about the idea of because she's for the, immediately when Clark returns, she's obviously swamped with work. And now Clark's at Clark's at the Daily Planet. She ends up coming back after the whole plane scene, which we needed to talk about that amazing plane scene. But she's at the Daily Planet and 
her everything in her mind is it's not anti-Superman, I don't think, but it's more so I'm not going to give him what he wants. I'm going to do this story about the blackout because Superman, while he's back, I'm over. I'm she's, she's trying to go to the world that she's over. Superman. Why the world doesn't need someone in Superman? Right. So in that sense, I, I get what you're saying. I just. And, you know, maybe that actually That's makes what a lot I'm here of sense. For, buddy. Wait, I, I mean, not to, not to mention that she also has like she has a, a a husband and that relationship that she needs boyfriend. to protect. Boyfriend. Well, they're engaged, Excuse me. <laughs> uh, but but she's trying to protect that that relationship by keeping herself away from Superman because she knows exactly what's going to happen. She knows that she knows she gets weak, man. She gets weak when uh, when when she gets around Superman and she can't. I mean, I get, I get. We I mean, that's Superman. fair. That's fair. But like, she, uh, she, she, she knows um, that that is her weakness. It, it, you know, just like any other drug, like you don't want to be, you don't want to be around it if you've kicked it. You know. Uh, and as far as she's concerned, she's gotten over Superman, and she wants to stay away from him so that she doesn't fall back into old habits. And so, yeah, she's like, yeah, Superman's back. Whatever go be a hero i'm gonna go and look into real stories and uh you know pay no attention to superman because he's old news and i've already proven that and she's just protecting herself and i think i think kate bosworth did a fantastic job like showing showing that without saying yeah. it she showed it without saying it and i think she i i think kate deserves her her credit and tim i believe that if you were to rewatch that the movie with that in mind i think you would totally change your opinion of her well as i'm thinking i'm thinking about it and and i can i can see that and i, I really like that that point by joe where where you know she she has this not not only is is it her husband or or, or fiance it's also this kid who i think at the time she still thinks is Richard. I don't oh, yeah, think you don't she remember. She, she knows the at kid this point in the movie, she does not remember sleeping with Superman. Remember that she doesn't realize that until the end of the movie. Right. Okay. Or well, excuse me, excuse me. Until that incredible piano scene, she doesn't realize it until that point that there could be there, that there is a different story in play here. That's when she starts to put it together. But you're absolutely right. She thinks it's Richard, and she has a family to protect, and she has all this stuff that she really needs to step away from him in order to protect this side of her also can you imagine like putting yourself in her right. shoes where she's on this yacht and she thinks that her and her child's life is in danger and then has this revelation that like she's been raising <laughs> superman's son this entire time and like that would just melt my brain if i were in that situation well, i have a point later even... on in the podcast i was going to bring up but i'm going to bring it up now when that happened she looked at jason and she was afraid of him for a moment and he started to cry because he saw that. And then all of a sudden she's like, what am I doing? And then she totally changed her demeanor there because of what you just said. She's like, holy crap. And this is when it started to make sense about the reality of the situation. I love that. that that's a really good way of putting it because she, she did look scared. And I, I don't necessarily think she was scared of Jason so much as she was trying to understand what is happening. She's trying to understand that this kid is not Richard's. This kid is Superman's. How is this kid Superman's? Because she doesn't remember. And, th and that brings me to a point that I was thinking, if you remember in Superman 4, Lois Lane goes to visit Clark at his, at his I don't know what you want to call his apartment. I figured you were here. And yeah, your apartment. <laughs> he takes her hand. <laughs> he takes her hand. And she's like, no, why did they just jump off the building? And then they start flying. And, that, and she remembers that. She, and at that point, he asks her, do you remember? And she says, I remember everything. 
So, but with keep, keeping that in mind, while that is not in, in the canon, in canon, a traumatic life experience happens and that's what triggers Absolutely. her memory. I agree. That's, and that's a great way to describe it, but I don't know if it was a traumatic life experience of it happening. I think it was just her putting it together. And then once everything just started to evolve in the situation, that is what, that is what triggered these, these, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking like these, these hidden, these sunken head memories or these hidden memories or whatever it was, but yeah, totally, totally right. Totally agree. And I'm, I'm glad that we were able to hit on this so early because it's such a, it's such a key part of the movie and it's such a key part of her emotional, um, maturity in the movie, Journey. like how she goes from like this to this. And the really interesting part that I, I just thought of now, um, because we're already at the end of the movie when we're discussing here is, is remember earlier in the movie when, how, how, how could he say, not say goodbye? How could he say, it's easy, goodbye, I'm out of here. And then Superman says, I have to go back. He looks at her and says, goodbye, Lois. She puts it together right then and there that she didn't talk to Superman about this. She talked to Clark about this. Right then and there, she realized they were one and the same at that moment. Okay, and that right there is, 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 is where she fully became aware of everything going on. That's a good, that's, that's a good point. I, because we don't see Clark and super and Clark and Lois interact after that point. We don't. Yeah. Interesting. And that would, and I, I, I don't know if I caught that years ago, but I caught it tonight and I was just, it gave me goosebumps to think about that. And I was like, God, Brian, nice job, man. So go Brian. No, that's, that's, that's something I, I didn't catch either. And now that you're saying it, because I, I remember thinking to myself, he's saying goodbye now. But you're right. It was there. It wasn't the conversation right. with Clark, not with Superman. That's interesting. You know, I guess, you know, while we're there, I, I really am trying something that you and I discussed years ago. Jason's powers. Now, we know Clark had powers as a, as a baby when he first came to, to Earth. He's lived in the he car. Was super strong. Yeah. But Jason's powers now, he's five years old. We'll say four to five because, you know, timeline there, five years. He's able to push the piano. Now, I said something in, in my notes. I'm wondering, he's never been exposed to anything from his home planet of Krypton. So this is the first time he he's not, his mother hasn't, he doesn't have the vitamins. He doesn't, he's not, he hasn't used his inhaler. And now he's exposed to kryptonite. I'm wondering if, if it was the combination, maybe if just because he finally had an ex exposure to his home planet, that that's what was able to bring out his, his That's abilities. a little bit of a stretch in my opinion, because you could tell uh, it, it was a young kid really wasn't, I mean, he, he did a good job in the movie as far as being, you know, the son, but they could have, they could have added a little bit of, if they wanted to show the exposure, they could have added him starting to sweat a little bit. Meanwhile, they just kind of had him staring at the, uh, at the kryptonite tube. Um, there could have been a little bit more to show his, his, his moment, I guess you could say there. Um, what, what was interesting is how um, in this movie, when she was talking about all the vitamins and everything he was taking, that was the stuff that was like debilitating his ability to, to grow and gain his abilities at that point. Yeah. Harness, that's powers. the right word. I'm right. sorry. Well, yes. And here's, I mean, he's and also here, and half human let me finish show. I get what you're saying, but here's the thing you need. And this has been discussed in, in comics across the universe. You need an, in, an incredible human emotion to bring out that 
initial burst of whatever the trigger the trigger you need that you need that to happen and he saw his mother about to get the crap beat out of her by this guy and he was just <clears throat> everything was heightened at this point i would i would have i mean another cool part would have been if they just gave him um, eye vision for a moment and for, you know the eye uh, the, the heat vision and if he just done that across the room but that was or that was used recently ocular ocular release of energy but Timothy, <laughs> doesn't this go exactly in, in line with Superman and Lois when Jordan Kent released? He saw his brother. That's what the the ocu the ocular. He saw his brother energy. getting the exactly. crap beat out of him, and that was his first display of power. He's half human, right. and it was the same idea. So, Joe, did you have any more to say? Because I, I kind of knew where you were going with that, and the fact that he was half human. No, but... I just I I, I just like yes, there's a, been a lot discussed about it in the comic books and stuff, but we like should keep in mind when talking uh about this movie it doesn't necessarily stay true to everything that's canon so like you know how the filmmaker is telling us you know this kid at this point has not shown any signs of being anything but an unhealthy human 100% human and 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 a bit unhealthy um <laughs> so so like, th but there is that that catalyst triggering moment, um, which I think I think is also like you know it can be said about your everyday superhero hum superhuman uh, moment. Like you you've heard the stories of like you know the the mom who like flips over a Volkswagen to protect a child uh, because they just like they have that like burst of energy that triggering moment where they just do superhuman things despite the fact that they are not actually you know, from Krypton. <laughs> Agreed. But that, that was, that was an adrenaline when he threw that piano across the room. That was, that was yeah. pure. It, it wasn't, but I'm just saying that like no. the filmmaker says to us, this is the, this is the moment where, you know, he taps into his inner Kryptonian side. Uh, and, and, and he does have that. And that is terrifying that moment, uh, especially because he's like so young as we are watching in Superman and Lois that like, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, at puberty is where you start to see those kind of signs. And this kid is four or five years old. And he's like already he's showing these superhuman abilities. Like, that's got to be really terrifying for poor Lois to like have that realization, realize that like she's not going to be able to like control this kid's, you know, abilities moving forward, not to mention the situation they're in. Like, there's a lot there's a lot happening right there. And this kid is only what we said four or five years old. Yeah, like he's five. Well, he he was gone for five years, so he at, at best he could be six. So at best, he, yeah. at best you got to remember she he was incubated for nine months. If he was gone for five years, that's just under six years old. So yeah, well, and that's assuming she moved on to Richard well, immediately. She I mean, was quite she upset. She, <laughs> yeah, uh, he left without saying goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> let's not let's, like that's, that's why i didn't really want to get into that that portion of because yes that, so we'll say between four and six just for a uh argument's sake all right so this is just me being me because this is a little bit of a plot hole but a little bit i mean a major plot hole so clark kent returns to daily planet on the same day superman returns to metropolis and and later on lois's husband boyfriend whatever says is kind of questioning it but lois lane amazing reporter doesn't put two and two together i know she's ticked off as superman but at no point is she wondering or thinking wow like yeah this is a major coincidence they've both been gone the same amount of times and superman's back the okay same what about jimmy and the bartender oh i get before we 
<laughs> I love when Jimmy says to him, him, you look like you can use a drink <laughs> once at 9 a.m. on a Monday. I mean, don't get me wrong. Everyone can use a drink at 9 a.m. on a Monday. I get it. But, you know, then they end up at the bar that's open at 9 a.m. on Monday. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then, of course, there's the whole plane scene, which is, is by far the best scene in the movie, in my opinion. Him saving the plane, his utilization of his powers, like his first use of the heat vision when he did when he detaches the spaceships so and i was like cool. man this has done so much better and they reuse this like they might have even because you got to remember the show smallville came out in the year 2000 yep. and i believe it was year three which was 2003 when they introduced clark's heat vision i think he was in high school we saw lana lana was looking real good one day because the air conditioners weren't working no it wasn't lana it was his teacher and then, you know, of course, he was thinking about Lana. Either way, good, good for you, Clark. But yeah, that's how they showed his heat vision. It was like just the energy coming from his eyes and not the stupid red lasers <laughs> we saw. But yes, I digress. It was 1975 when this movie, that movie was made. So I was thinking the same thing. And I think that the different versions we've seen of, of the heat vision, I, I, the recent ones, ever since this movie, I, I've enjoyed them all. Even in, in Supergirl, she had the blue laser you like uh, that vision that comes out of her eyes. I, I do. I, I it's not so much that I, I like that specifically. I like that they're that they're doing different effects. I think they're all pretty cool. I suppose, but in in Superman and Lois, they didn't do that. They used uh, in, when they, Jordan Kent did it. They showed just like they did in these movies. They didn't show no blue lasers or anything. No, I know. I know. I'm that's not. I'm just saying in general. I, I've enjoyed the different heat okay, visions that they've given enough. us. I've enjoyed kind of getting off track with I this. So, I get. I get what you're so. saying, but yes, that was pretty awesome the way they did it in this movie compared to the original movies. So right, it was the first time. I guess what I'm saying it was the first time with a modern heat vision that we're seeing, and it was so cool. Not oh, to yeah, mention the scene. scene. I mean, after he does that, he. He flies the space shuttle in, in, into into space and just and it takes off and then he he turns around. This is when 3D movies started coming out and this scene was done. They did like three or four scenes from this movie that were in 3D and uh, he. This is one of the scenes that was that they tell you to put on the glasses. Not really the point, but see Superman flies down, and at that point now he's saving saving the airplane. And I just think it was so cool. The entire yeah. Scene well, I mean, you know, so you got to think the wings breaking off and him just busting through the wing. Yeah, and then Flying you know him. finally, and he was just at, at, and he just could not because that the, the sheer velocity that was coming at him until he got to the bottom, and then when he finally gained control, and you saw the vibrations from from him. Just go oh, off the so plane cool. like like anything, and it it was just so so well done. But then, of course, what do they do? They have to pull that a stupid one liner. I hope this doesn't put off any of you from flying. <laughs> but I love that because that was that's what he said to Lois. Yes, in Superman, the movie exactly. But it's it, it, but you're right. He was supposed to play this uh, this Christopher Reeve like character. So you're absolutely right. This is exactly what he did in that movie. <laughs> So not to mention that Lois Lane literally was just bashed around, thrashed around this. Not only Lois Lane, but the conductor. Then... She literally had the crap be that kicked that kicked out of her by the plane. It was terrible. Still statistically the safest way to travel. But then Lois Lane, she's she stands up and she's and then she she ends up fainting after she sees Superman. But she would have had a lot worse than than even a concussion with all the headshots she took. And why is there furniture falling on this plane? These people weren't traveling anywhere. Not furniture, luggage, you mean. <laughs> luggage. <laughs> you know, I never even thought about why that. But yeah, luggage? that's a really great point. You know, why is there luggage? You can think that they would have like maybe camera bags and stuff, but there, like they said, it was only one cameraman. Yeah, but there was, there's a lot of stuff that shouldn't, uh, 
I shouldn't have been there. But yeah, that's a really great point. So I never even thought of that. But I didn't think of it until this time. I'm like, this is just news outlets covering it. And why is there luggage falling from one falling from the from the but here, you know, you know, this this scene here just keeps going um on to the, you know, he's back. Okay, he's got his picture taken, and now all of a sudden we get into some of the cooler action sequences. I gotta say, the coolest scene, in my opinion, is when he gets shot in the eye. Um, not in this, I just want to yeah. say one of the coolest scenes I've ever seen in my life was, you know, him getting shot in the eye and the eye just having a brief change in its distortion, the bullet shrinking. Awesome. So, so awesome. And it's really well done. No, I, that, that whole scene though is cool. And, and that the different parts of the movie, this is, they, they try to throw in the old faster than a speeding bullet because the guy robbing the bank, like, of course, Metropolis is is back to its old way. Superman returns, so now let's start <laughs> robbing banks again. Like, I don't know. so he starts, but nonetheless, he starts shooting his his high power, the high caliber, right? Or not rifle, bullet. machine gun, yeah, machine gun. And Superman comes in, he's faster than a speeding bullet. Gets in front of it, the the the, the bullets start clanking off his but chest. Then he was so cool. more powerful. And then, like you said, right, shot but the then eye. when you think about it, he was more powerful than what is it, a locomotive? That's and that was what you said in the in the notes there. That was a really cool way of putting it. Is that a callback to Action Comics number one? You know, where he's holding that car up and he's putting it down the same way um, he does. That was a really great call out, and I didn't even notice that. So I'm going to give you that one. Nice job. Yeah. So no, when I when I first saw the movie, I I thought about it because he exactly he said the way he puts the car down. So this is when when Kitty was in the car and the brakes were cut, but. Does that mean the car just continues going? Like, like if she hits something, the car doesn't stop. I imagine there's something about him, you know. I imagine Lex had it rigged to well, not no, stop. Did, I get it. But, no, lines, I, but I imagine what he did was he, I don't want to say he shut the car off or anything. Good. And everybody, just so you know, hit the, hit, pull the emergency brake or turn the car off. That will stop your car in those situations. She tried to turn the car oh, off. Really? And oh, I didn't notice that. I was just saying, when did yeah. you just turn the car off? So, yeah, so when Superman lifts the car and he puts it up. But that, like you said, that entire sequence and Superman is all over the world doing things. And then the next day when Clark is at the Daily Planet watching the, the, the monitor and they say, oh, he was spotted in Gotham. He was spotted here and there and there. And they say Gotham. Like, does do you know, was there plans there to was. bring Batman? There was plans to, to um, originally... The Batman and Superman storyline goes way back to Chris, uh, Brandon Routh and, and um, Christian Bale, because Christian Bale actually did an interview saying, I'm going to do this next one, and then Brandon and I are going to get together and do a Batman and Superman movie. There was an interview out there that he said that, but obviously, due to the, I mean, Superman Returns only made like $660 million worldwide in the box office, uh, and so that just wasn't enough for them to constitute the idea. But I guarantee you put them together and you allow Superman to adapt a little bit and, and, and evolve a little bit. I guarantee that movie would have made some bank because those three Batman movies that Christian, Christian Bale was involved in, they're all guaranteed money make. Every single one of them was cherry. I mean, I love uh, it's my favorite version of, of Batman. I disagree. We'll we'll, 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 <laughs> <Okay. we'll, laughs> we will we'll discuss them at some point. It's not tonight. <laughs> Um, no, but just looking at the, the different things that Superman does in this movie, everything really that he does is well done as far as the movie goes, as far as the cinematography is, everything is just so cool. And so I don't want to I don't want to leave the conversation about discussing the towards the end when um, Superman has realized his crystals were taken and then new. Crypt- oh, when he's at the fortress so well and he's right. angry. You can but see his me, anger. Let me, I let love me, it. Can it. 
But this is because Lex stole his crystals. Lex has decided to create new Krypton on Earth. And that was what he wanted to do. But how, how was just having this Kryptonian land going to afford him to have alien technology thousands of years into the future? I didn't understand that. The only way I could have taken from that is he would have learned this additionally working with Jor-El in the fortress later on. Well, that's when, no, what he's saying, I think, I think it was kind of open-ended a little bit, but I think what he was saying was he had talked to Jor-El in the fortress and he said, tell me everything starting with the crystals. So he knew stuff that we don't There's 12 years of knowledge in there though. Remember? This is a continuation of the original movie. It's 12. He was in there for 30 seconds. Yeah. So obviously he doesn't know everything yet, but I think he knows, but the crystals are similar to like Man of Steel when 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 he has the uh we'll call it the USB, USB <laughs> that he, he just used to plug into the ship. You know, it's it's alien technology that we that we don't understand, but he understands it as good far point. as the crystals, and I I'm sure he, he understands more than this. <laughs> that's really good that's really good so how what was your feeling on that scene though when superman was getting the crap beat out of him i was that was a very upsetting scene to me when the uh, the goon squad was just kicking him and then lex was just overpowering him i mean it was upsetting to see that and this this is where i where i had a little bit a little bit of issue with the way they had brandon Raup acted out like he was just defeated you know I had a lot of problems with this scene. He's getting, as he's getting beat up, I think it's Lex. He's about to stomp on his face and he and he's, he grabs his But then foot. remember all the rest of the guys are and kicking he's, him in the stomach and in the face and everything? Right, but but think about it, James. If you're a human, three guys are beating you up. You're not going to, or four guys are beating him. You're only going to be able to stop oh, yeah. one of them. And, 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 and obviously he's got an entire planet of kryptonite there that in this case would not allow him to do much because it's really just... Oh, it's really taking everything out of him when he's on this place, you know? But you right. notice how when Lex originally pushed him off that the stairway, you notice the sweat beating off of his forehead? That is what yep. I mean they could have done with Jason. They should have done that with Jason. That would have been a really good, a cool scene because if they did that, that, yeah, exactly. that shows the correlation. Exactly, you would have seen it. Oh, Jason's right sweating with the kryptonite, and now Clark is sweating with the kryptonite. You're absolutely right. And that would have been a good way to maybe improve the the one scene. So, but it, I, I, just this scene where where now Lex has created this this massive land in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Oh, we assume it's Atlantic because it's, it's the uh, Atlantic Eastern Ocean. Seaboard. We're, we're in the city. <laughs> I know, but but are they calling it not? Okay. So he creates this massive, and and now New York City or Metropolis is is falling apart because of what this land has created. And this is so cool. The entire scene was Superman saving the, you know, the glass falling down him using the laser vision. And then he's got to go underground. He's got to blow out the, the fire, just the entire thing. And then I love your reference when, when the daily planet falls, the, uh, the globe on top of daily planet falls and he catches it. You said this, so I'm going to let you take credit for it. And you can continue. Right. And I'm going to let you explain it a little bit better, but I thought this as a reference to Ayn, Ra- Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged, because there's a pretty, uh, pretty incredible statue out there that shows a, a muscular man holding a globe above his head and just trying to balance it. And Tim, why don't you, why don't you explain the, the, the significance of, of that movie and this, and that, this scene? 
Well, I mean, first, I didn't take that reference, and I'm, I'm glad that you did, because seeing it from that is a completely different sense to me, because I was thinking, because earlier in the movie, Kitty was saying he's got the whole world in oh his Oh, my hands. gosh. I was like, oh, so that was that. Wow. That's what I was no, thinking. The reference was to the statue. I think you have the statue in your home too. But yeah, so Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged is is basically a movie. It's about the it's a book primarily. Evils. A book and movie. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I've read the book. I'm thinking, but I also watch the movies. But it's about the evils of of society and how smart. I would say the smart thinkers, the intelligent people, the the, the hard workers, strong are, ones, are holding up the world and. And how the, the weight of the world is bearing down on, yeah. on, these, and, on these people, and that's who, and that's who in this scene, Superman carrying this this the the globe on top of that fell off the Delhi planet. That's who Superman is portraying, and I love it. and it's so the fact that you you pulled that out, and I, I'm glad that you did because I, I like the correlation yeah, there is amazing. I agree. So following this, following Superman getting the crap beat kicked out of him, is obviously one of my favorite moments. In any, whenever it's shown, it could be shown. It's shown when in Christopher Reeves movies. It's shown in. Um, it's shown in um, not Tom Welling's version, but because he didn't learn it yet. But it's shown Christopher Reeve, Brandon Routh is his relationship with the sun and the energy absorption. Like when he flies into space after Lois pulls this this kryptonite shard out of him. He flies up there, just a defeated man, just beaten down, bloodied, everything. He goes up there and he just absorbs everything. And whenever they portray this, whether it be any comics, series, movies, I love it because they do always do such a great job with it. And in this movie, they did the same thing. They did such a good job with him going up there and just basically receiving his lifeblood, you know? So it's like in the it's like if you're stuck in the desert, you haven't had water in two or three days, and then you're drinking water and all of a sudden it's just coming back to you, yep. you know? It's so it's such a cool scene. And and I I don't mean to always bring it up, but just like Dawn of Justice, when oh, when he's God. He's like, basically dead from a nuclear weapon. He was right, exactly. Nuclear missile kills him in space, and then, like I said, we'll get there. But it was so well done, and like you said, every iteration of it is just so cool. And especially this one because it's like he's so, he's just done. It's like what else can I give? And then he's given this power again, and then yeah. boom, back boom down. And right. he's, but when we, we when we were younger, we watched this movie. I remember you saying to me. He would never, you were ticked off because you're like, this could never happen because he's lifting this mass of kryptonite at this point. And like, how? Yeah. I guess. But then immediately following that, when his plummet back down to earth, kind of shows that this is all he had. Yeah. This is all he could be at this point. Yeah, exactly. And they, they did, they did that well. And I, it, I don't necessarily recall that being my opinion of it. Because I, I'm of a different opinion with, with kryptonite than a lot of people are like, when it, when it came to the Christopher Reeve movies, he was basically unable to move. And this is one of those th things that they did in Smallville, too. You know, they and Smallville was probably the best special effects that you've ever seen when it came to kryptonite, because the way they did it was if he ever touched it or something, um, it showed like green going up through his veins, through his bodies and everything and how it would affect his whole being. And so they did a really good job showing it, but they really showed him that it was not good for him and he, he could not handle being around it. But that we all know that's not the truth, but him lifting this planet the way he does is just like him using everything. And he was, he was struggling there really, really bad to get this thing into space because he had literally everything working against him at this point. And he was just done after that. He was basically right. near death again. The only thing that could have done anything for him what would have been for them to shoot him up to the sun again, you know? Right. And then, and then he gets, so he still plummets back down to earth and he's, 
he's in the hospital. And I love this, this whole, like this idea of let's give him an IV. Let's use the paddles on him. Let's, let's do, you know, it just doesn't make sense. Are these people? But they're clueless, but this would have been a great opportunity for them to introduce Star Labs into the mix. Because you got to remember, Superman always had a relationship with Star Labs. Okay. Right. And they, they, not that this, I don't think Star Labs was introduced in this, like it wasn't Man of Steel originally. It was introduced right. immediately. But in this eight years post being on Earth, he already had a relationship with them at this point because they were the right. ones who he, Dr. Emil Hamilton knew who he was at Star Labs and he kept his secret safe in that one because Superman trusted him enough to know who he was and if anything was wrong with him he knew where to go for it so and that's it's something they could have done better in this movie and another thing they could have done better in this movie was he never threw a punch and this is where everybody had a lot of problems with this movie. How do you have Superman not throw a punch in a movie? And that was definitely a missed opportunity. And that, I, I've read that many times and I've said it many times, but rewatching it, James, who was he going to punch? True, but still, this is what people want to see. They want to see him throw a punch. But there was, so there was, I was just reading this article, I think it was earlier today, where Zack Snyder was saying, like, they, he talked about his original vision for Man of Steel 2 and they wanted to bring Brainiac and he wanted to bring back some of the Kryptonians that were in yeah, Phantom Zone. Thank you. Because... Superman is so overpowered that he doesn't have anyone on earth that can that can match his strength. So if you want somebody to be able to punch, if you want that those fights, it has to be somebody from space is what Zack Snyder was saying. So in this movie, we don't have that. So who's who's he going to punch? Great point. I would, I, I didn't point. I honestly I did not miss it. I didn't think that was needed. I would have probably actually been more upset had they just forced it in somewhere, you know, just to appease uh, an audience nearby. I I don't like I don't like when they do it because they can rather than doing it to further the story uh, or or you know as it being part of telling the story. So I didn't notice it missing. I. I... I get what you're saying, Joe, but these are the things that the fans said about the movie that forced right. it to fail. And the, the, this, and you got to remember, people stopped going, you know, back in 2006, the internet is huge at this point. Okay, not, not like it would not exist in 78. So the only way you're going to find out anything about this movie is are Siskel and Ebert and people talking. Nowadays, you have two schmoes like us going online and this happened back in 06 too. It's like, oh, he didn't throw a punch. You're going to hate this movie. And then automatically you go in with this closed mind about everything. I bet you Superman, the first movie, would have made 30 cents if, if people went to the theater now and watched it with the internet around. It wouldn't have done anything. People have been like, wow, this really is a piece of crap. And I know I'm going to get some hate out there for this because I, I, yeah, I liked Christopher Reeve and I liked his portrayal, but I didn't like the movies. You know, this, this movie, and yes, I understand it's from 2006, is far superior than any movie Christopher Reeve was in as far as his portrayal. Everything. Oh, completely. Everything. Uh, send all the hate you want. Uh, this was better than anything Christopher Reeve. And then Henry Cavill comes along and he just blows everything out of the water. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But I, so, I mean, even just, so let's, let's, let's kind of go to the last couple of scenes where Lois whispers into his ear. That's what she tells him. Now, Jason is your kid. I remember everything. Now she's whispering this and so we don't really know exactly what she's saying, but, but she, you know why she's whispering it? Because she's like, can Jason hear what I'm about to say? I'm not really ready for him to know who your dad, who his daddy is yet. <laughs> well, so <laughs> which that was my take. I never, I, I didn't, unfortunately, I'm still waiting to see it. I think this is where we should go next, but I haven't seen the, the Christ on infinite earth. So you told me that he says in that movie, my son, Jason, or in that, in that show, my son, Jason. So he refers to his kid. Yeah, absolutely. He does. He does. 
And, but I think that would be a great thing. I think you should watch Crisis on Infinite Earth and that would be a great topic for a different day that maybe we can kind of continue along on this one. And I hate to put something off, but I think that is something, you know, I wanted you, I wanted you, an Arrowverse episode where they start with their portrayal of Superman, just like I'd like to do a, a, a Smallville episode. And I think that would be a great opportunity to, for us to get into that. And, you know, kind of like a tidbit for people to come back because I guarantee you're going to like what we have to say about that. So. Right. So, I mean, that really, that, that brings us to the end. He's Superman spying on and this kid again. <laughs> and <laughs> he goes in and- but Come on, you would do the same damn thing, okay? You're, you got the love of your life in, in another house, and yet you know it's it, it's it's a little creepy. But you know what? He's not gonna he's not gonna overstep his bounds. So, all right, well, fl- him Superman. flying into this kid's room is pretty much overstepping his bounds. However, okay, I, I again, yes, I digress. But he's in there, and he says he says what his father said to him: that the father becomes the son becomes the father, and the father of the son. And now we're now we now we know we've known that that this kid's now super, super boy or is going to be super boy. So now we kind of have that final re- reveal or realize and he leaves and the boy wakes up and says good night and then lois says will we be seeing you around he says i'm I'm always around always around good night lois and i and and then he goes and flies around just like krista reeve always did and it's such a great so cool i'm like i didn't love this movie originally and re-watching i was really i'm a big fan of it man me too i i I, you're you're absolutely right i wasn't a huge fan back in 06 I mean, I loved a lot, a lot about it. I love that it was but Superman, just, but I didn't love yeah. the movie. You know, and a lot of people have an issue with the suit. It wasn't the original suit. The small the S suit. bothered me. The S. the S I did not like. It was tiny. And I didn't like the cape. It's a rubber cape, but whatever. I mean, who cares? I mean, I thought that, I thought it was just, I thought the movie was very well done. And I think that um, we dove into this and I, and I, you know, I hope people, you know, they want, re- listen to this, keep some of the points we have to say, and then watch the movie. And then you're like, shoot. All right, Brandon. And he got so much hell. I mean, I remember at the end of Ted, uh, I don't know if you guys remember this, but they were talking about this kid, uh, Brandon Ralph, and he's like, what a piece of crap that movie was. What happened there? We were expecting so much more. And I hate seeing that stuff because it's really a good movie. And Brandon Ralph did a great job doing what he was expected to do. Luckily, he's got a pretty decent career. I know he went through a lot of depression after this movie because of everything. But Brandon, you're the man, buddy. That's all I can say if you ever listen to this. <laughs> Two thumbs up from me is all I can say. Well, I think that we are pretty much out of time at this point. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, like you said, like I said, Brandon Brown did a great, I, the acting, and and now I've kind of a little bit uh, softened on. You're sold on Lois. Sold on the Lois uh, interpretation, and and yeah, everything was terrific. You know, I thought I thought I'm a bigger fan now watching it than I was 15 years ago. So Absolutely. going back and being able to rewatch things definitely gives you gives you time and a chance to to really ex- re-experience everything. With that being said, I think we have alluded to Man of Steel over and over and over again on on the first few episodes episodes of this podcast, and I think we we haven't discussed this yet, but I think that's where we we need to go next. All right, let's let's shoot for Man of Steel next, and then go from there. So I implore you, James implores you, watch Superman Returns, open up your mind a little bit, re-watch it for like, like it's the first time, and experience it as, as a different person than you were 15 years ago when you, when you first saw this. And, and maybe you're going to get something out of, different out of it. And I think that's, that's a great thing about re-watching movies years later. You get something different out of it. James, do you have any parting words? No, I just, like, like you said, I, I want people to know that um, 
I really had a great time with our conversation tonight. And I feel you learned a lot more. I learned a bit more. And I think it was just such a great um, discussion. Yeah, no. And I think that having the ability to, you know, watch a more modern movie rather than the 1970s movies was helpful because modern, like, we, we just enjoy the, the modern stuff more for obvious reasons. So thank you for joining us. We look forward to any discussion points that you want to make on our, on our Twitter page at bros underscore steel. And we, I am so excited to talk about man of steel next. I, I honestly can't wait to rewatch the movie. I've seen it probably 30 times, but 31 is going to be another amazing viewing. So as always, we are the bros of steel. steel. We got it. <laughs> <laughs>